Shot is brought to you by Club Hawthorne Betting Bars featuring horse racing, video, slots, and sports betting through points bet and great food and craft beers throughout Chicago land. Hoodie and I love Shot or No Shot. And we hand it off right now to get that segment rolling to Shea W. Norland. Good morning, boys, on a Wednesday, hump day, waddle Wednesday. Very exciting stuff. And we are still awaiting news from Alice Hall. What is going to happen with the head coaching staff, with the assistant coaching staff? We have no idea. So let's get right into it because while we await a decision from the Bears, all we have right now are rumors. And last night, if you're on social media, was a bit of a doozy. Rumors cropped up. The Bears will keep Matt Eberflus with Justin Fields likely to stay on the roster, potentially with a rookie quarterback as the first overall pick, all while totally resetting the offensive staff. Shot or no shot, if this rumor comes to be true, Ryan and Matt will be making the same mistakes as Ryan and Matt. That's a shot. But I'll say mm-hmm. with this proviso, Jonathan. West I, or east? Uh, north, the new one okay. that they just built. Um, <laughs> proviso north. Where, yeah. is this, where is this being built, by the way, this proviso north? Uh, Lake Forest. Um, okay. So... I believe what could happen is the longer this drags, the more likely it is they're changing head coaches. But I think they're going to get this thing by the end of today. We'll have some level of clarity and maybe the press conference will be tomorrow or Friday, but they will keep Eberflus. They'll clean out the offensive staff. They will say we're going to evaluate the draft class, and then we'll make our determination. In the end, on draft night or shortly there before, Chicago Bears have traded Justin Fields to wherever and made their intentions clear that they're picking someone at 1-1. That's my prediction. I think that on the surface, um, that is a shot. That the This Ryan and Matt are making the same mistakes as the previous Ryan and Matt, in which you are kind of middling and not necessarily making a big sweeping changes again after uh, three wins and then seven wins you feel like you could find another head coach and another quarterback that can get you elevated to the next level and i just don't see that if you just keep the status quo i mean at least on the surface cap so i would say that that is a shot that is a shot that you'd be making some of the same mistakes that the previous regime did shake all right if that rumor is not true then what the hell could be taking so long to make any kind of announcement? Are the Bears waiting on a decision by Jim Harbaugh on whether he goes to the league? Are they waiting for other teams who have been surprisingly patient? Still no decision on Bill Belichick out of New England. The shocker yesterday with Vrabel, but certainly not the bloodbath that Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport and others suggested we would have at the end of the season on Black Monday. But are they just waiting for other more patient teams to make a decision and have a clearer picture of what the coaching market's going to look like? Maybe. Shot or no shot. The Bears are keeping Eberflus on ice as the second option in case the guy they want doesn't become available. That's a good one, man. (laughs) Okay, I'll play. I'll say that that's a shot. 
we went through the names in the seven o'clock hour cap of Dan Quinn, who's already interviewing for jobs, even though the Cowboys are in the playoffs. The Mike Vrabel story that broke yesterday, Jim Harbaugh. We expect him to go to the NFL after winning the national championship with Michigan. Um, uh, Brian Flores, I threw out there. Bill Belichick, I'll add. Kellen Moore and uh, Brian Callahan to that list as well. I, I, I would think... That, again, a good organization, if you know Ryan Poles, like he, I think you know Ryan Poles, he's going to be able to look at everything and say, could I upgrade the head coaching position? Who's available? And you have to strike quickly because everyone's waiting to find out what your offseason is going to be like. Now, look, they can go through the end of the week into next week. As long as they get the right people, like the right head coach, go right ahead. But if it's just as cold with Iberflus, come on out with it. Yeah, I... If you're looking at new head coaches on that scenario you painted mm-hmm. and figure out who can I get, who can't I get, first of all, there should be no one you can't get. You're the freaking Chicago Bears worth north of $5 billion. There should be no one you can't get. Oh, that guy became available? How much? $20 million a year. Done. It shouldn't matter. It's embarrassing that it could. That all said. If you have to go through these machinations so you can get, then you obviously aren't 100% in love with your head coach. If Hoodie's like, yeah, I'm going to go out and see what's in, you know, like who I can meet on this dating app, or I'm going to go to this bar, or this single thing, hey. but he's still married, well, then he's not 100% committed to where he's at. Make a move. <laughs> right. So I'm going to say no shot. So, Shay, let's, let's talk about this before we go to the next one. Let's talk about this. So if you're Ryan Poles and you do look at and you do covet, say, Jim Harbaugh or Mike Vrabel or Dan Quinn, well, you got to have that negotiation pretty much sewn up in 24 to 48 hours. You don't want to say, we fired Matt Eberflus, and then you don't get the guy that you really wanted. Because, you know, with the musical chairs, if you are going to fire Matt Eberflus, you want to make sure you have your guy in place that the guy's had in the top shelf. With that top shelf guy is not going to go to your team, and you have to settle. That matters too, doesn't it? Yeah, but I get, you get it. You know, what I'm saying is you got to get it sewn up first. Like before you fire the guy, you got to make sure. Okay, just so you know, Vrabel, you're going to be the next head coach, but let me fire you with first. But you got to make sure that pen to paper's there. Well, I think the problem, like I get waiting until guys are available. The problem is the NFL, the process can take so long and you have to satisfy the Rooney rule. There are things that you must do before you can make a hiring. So are do they have to be careful? Like, are there going to be penalties? Is, is this the NFL's version of NBA tampering? If you back channel with a coach and go, you're our guy, we just have to go through the process and do other things before we can actually hire you? Like, I, I don't know. It, it's a very odd situation. I can't remember a team going this dark the week the season ends. It, I think caps onto something that there is something going on up there. I just have no idea what it is. Is it Kevin Warren in a room with Don Yee trying to back channel an agreement with Jim Harbaugh in case he does leave Michigan? I don't know. Uh, you know what? Now, there's a key that we have not talked about. You just laid it out there, Shay. Uh, the BS Rooney rule. And the reason why I call it the BS Rooney rule is because no, not a lot of teams really adhere to it. It's always a cursory interview, the BS interview, just so you could check a box instead of really looking at an African-American or, or, uh, or my, another minority to really seriously take the job. Yeah, forgot about that process because it's such nonsense because it's not true to what it, what it really should be. 
you got to remember that too. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, you got to check all these boxes. There's a whole process you have to go through. I, I just you're telling me they're going to leave Patrick Mahomes, C.J. Stroud, and Caleb Williams all on the board and and complain that we've never had a franchise quarterback. Stop. I don't believe it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad. But I'm glad that Shea you brought that up because that is true. That the Rooney Rule should be enforced a lot better, and it's supposed to be an opportunity for a minority to be able to get in the door in the interview process, to be in the room. That's what it was built for. Not necessarily to hire, but to get in the room to be hired. And and the NFL, you know, some teams skirt that and they just check a box just because. But I, I, I but I gotta we have to remember that is part of the process too. So it's a great point. I also, I don't buy that it's so quiet because Eberflus is 100% staying. I think if he were 100% staying, we would know that by now. Yeah. The fact that we've gotten to Wednesday morning with nothing tells me he is not 100% staying. And, and then and then Polsny's assurances of if he does have a guy in place, Cap, or someone he has in mind, say he's got the top three candidates, he's got to make sure that those three candidates will be willing to coach the Chicago Bears Correct. before you pull the trigger. Correct. Could you imagine if you say, I want Dan Quinn, and Quinn, after the Cowboy season, says, now nah, I'm going someplace else. Well, I want a Dan Quinn. Well, who else is on my list? Uh, uh, Shane Waldron, could you be the head coach? No, nah, I'm going to stay, or I'm going to go someplace else. Okay, so when the musical chairs music stops, who's left if you're going to fire Uberflus? It just can't be anybody. It has to be a significant upgrade for what you have right now. Correct. Coach. Correct. Correct. Guys do like playing for Matt Eberflus, and they are... You know, they, he kept a fractured season from falling apart. They were they lost 14 in a row, man. Mm-hmm. And he was able to pull the nose up. So there is some credit given for that. But again, if you own a company, and that's what that is, it's a five-plus billion-dollar company, and you can upgrade. Hey, Danny, this company's going out of business. We can get all these microphones that they are selling. They're liquidating. They were very expensive. They're marked down a bit. We could get them. They're the best in the industry. We've never been able to afford them. Do it. Oh, wow. Boy, that station sounds even clearer. It's better. Yeah. And it's the same thing with your football coach. Who's available? Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, or whoever else hits the street. Oh, in. Let's go. Shay. All right, I want to ask about Shota Imanaga, the Cubs Nothing official yet. Are working towards a deal. It sounds like it will get done, but it is very complicated with multiple opt-outs. Could be I, th- I read two for thirty million, but could be forty million over four, or, or sixty million over four, or could be up to eighty million. All the numbers getting thrown around. Nobody knows what this thing actually looks like, but we do know the Cubs have finally spent money and signed a player. Honestly, a pitcher who was viewed as being at the top of this free agent market. So shot or no shot, Jed has started to salvage the offseason. Shot. A shot. He wants Bellinger back, but he's not going to give him $240 million. He's not. He shouldn't. So just be patient. Pump the brakes. And don't go, oh, why did I get give him eight years? Because I had the convention on Friday, and I had to make sure he was there. <laughs> no. Love the people that go to the convention. I've been there 40 billion times. I don't care if Cody Bellinger's at the convention. Get him at the right price or let him go. Well, yeah, the, the Cubs convention is a lot more friendlier and more cuddlier than Sox Fest. Remember that? Remember Sox Fest? They used to um, have that. Yeah, remember that? It was, it was quite an event. I remember it years and years ago. 
Um, but, but Cap, no, it is a sign that you're going in the right direction. Of course, just like the Bears, the Cubs have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Like, so you have one of, I think, two starting pitchers that you'll have here this offseason. From there, you've got to be able to figure out what you want to do with your infield. And then what, what your corner outfield situation looks like in left field. That is that half, and then what do you got in center field? You got Crow Armstrong, and then Saya and right. Yeah, and I think if they do indeed get Bellinger done, he'll play a lot in center. He'll play some at first, and they'll try and get Reese Hoskins done. That's where I think this thing is headed. But again, somebody might throw stupid money at Cody Bellinger. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. they won't. They would like to have him back at a reasonable contract. Reasonable. Well, you know that the average fan that's listening, the average Cub fan, doesn't want to hear about you know your, your the the finances. They want to see the wins because and, they know. And fair because, enough. Yeah, but because that's you, not Jed, Jed's job is to make the best decisions for his franchise. That's fine, but I just know I know you, the emotional Cub fan. You want to see some splash, some splashes because when you got counsel, it's supposed to be go time. This is supposed to be like when Madden came in that regard, right? Yes, but they're not. At this point, pushing all their chips in yet. They don't have Cade Horton ready to go. He's listed as one of the 10 biggest pitching prospects in the sport. They don't have Matt Shaw quite ready to go yet. Mervis, if he's going to be a part of this, isn't ready yet. Uh, They've got another reasonably high, I think, number 14 draft pick this year. Like, it's coming. It's come. They're close. But it is not the year where you push every asset in. Oh, we want Juan Soto and you want our top four prospects? No, that's not, this is not that yet. Shake. All right, we all love a good rant on this show. And yesterday, the Raptors head coach, Darko Ryakovich, had an epic post-game rant after his team's loss to the Lakers. Listen to this. Thank you, Doug. That's, that's, that's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in the, in the fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all that, but we have star players on our team as well. How is possible that Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain it that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. Damn. Shot or no shot. <laughs> oh, I, love, I love that guy. He's my new favorite coach. Shot or no shot. That's one of the best post-game rants you've heard. That is awesome. <laughs> that is a shot. That is phenomenal. And if I'm playing for him, that's my guy. Now he is going to get a piece of paper from the commissioner's office. You've been fined a hundred grand or whatever the number is, fifty grand, whatever it is. And if I was his owner, I would call him in and go, "Hey, just give me that. I'll pay it." Yes, yes, I, I love that so much. That is a shot. That is a great rant because he, you know what? 
you know, that wasn't just in the Laker game, Shay, Cap. That wasn't just what that's been happening all season to the Raptors. You could just tell that he looks at Scotty Barnes and kind of like how we bitch about Justin Fields not getting calls when he slides. Yep. Same thing with Scotty Barnes because Scotty Barnes is a good player. He sees him as like the face of the league, as he said, but Scotty Barnes is not going to get calls, especially on the road. He's just not. Uh, even if he goes, goes to the rim. And again, the Lakers, you got LeBron and AD, and you've got difference makers that will get those calls, especially at home. But I love what that coach did because you got to stand up for your players, man. They're, it's a parade to the free throw line in the fourth quarter. You got to say something about it. So I don't even think it was about last night as much as it is all season with the Raptors, how they're not getting calls and disrespected because they're less than. It's great. There you go. All right, time to go around the NFL. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and then he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Time to go around the National Football League. Playoff power ranking style. Here's Shane Orley. I'm going to do the power rankings a little differently this time. I have 14 teams that I have to rank as we go into the playoffs. Instead of going 14 to 1, I have sorted these teams into expectations, into tiers, based on what their fans can expect in the playoffs. I have... Six tiers for you. I have sorted mm-hmm. every playoff team. We begin with the dead teams walk-in tier. Oh, I love a good tier. The tier where if you're a fan of this team, you can expect to get murdered. And if you do win a game, be happy with it because you aren't going further than the divisional round. The four dead teams walking: The Pittsburgh Steelers, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. They yeah. will not go further than the divisional round yeah, if they I, even get there. I think that that's fair. Uh, and you're including Kansas City in that. Steelers, Kansas City, Philly, would, and Dolphins. Who would Kansas City play if they dispatch from uh, Miami? Buffalo in Orchard Park. Good night. Yep. Yeah, that's probably all. That'll be all. <laughs> That'll be all. Thanks for coming. Have a good day. That's awesome. Unless the Steelers win, in which case Kansas City gets to travel to Baltimore. Good night. Right. Yeah. They're done. Yeah, I love that. All right, dead team walking. What's your next tier? The next tier is the pretenders tier. There is one team occupying this spot because they did not seal the one seed, and they are likely to have to go on the road at some point in the playoffs, likely to Santa Clara, and I think they could win or lose wildcard weekend. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Uh-huh. They will not make the Super Bowl. And Dallas Cowboys fans, shout out Jay Cantu, should not expect making a Super Bowl. With more, here's David Kaplan. Cap? I have a ticket that I am very confident has a chance to cash. I have tickets on two teams. They're both in the NFC. Uh And neither one says San Francisco on it. So I am rooting mightily against the 49ers. I want either the Cowboys or my Lions in to the Super Bowl. Shea, he just won't listen to logic. He just, I mean, we could just give you how many times the Dallas Cowboys have trickled it down their leg. How many times have they gone through this in a big spot? It's Murphy's Law. In a big spot, they can never win the big one. And again, they could win a playoff game, but getting to the Super Bowl, it just won't happen. And, and this is why McCarthy, even now, is on the hot seat. 
How crazy is that? Jerry Jones on his radio show said that, well, you know, we're going to take it one game at a time. We like what Mike has done, but there was no assurances that Mike McCarthy will be back next year. That's bananas. Yeah, I think clock management will be the reason they lose in the playoffs again, too. Just always is. He's just so bad at it. And maybe they can work their way around it. The offense is so good. But if they have to go on the road to uh, San Francisco, we saw that movie. They got blasted. So for pretenders, is Dallas and... That's it. Just Dallas. Dallas and Dallas. Okay. All right. That's it. All right. What's the next one? The frisky and scary tier. These teams are not exactly what I would call good, but they are what I would call... Scary if you have to play them in the first round. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers, and the Houston Texans. Yes. Tampa, and you're not- Houston, Green Bay, and who? And Green That's Bay. it. No, frisky, frisky and scary. Tampa Bay, who really there's no pressure. They can go play free. You're getting a team that looks like it's quit in Philadelphia at home, won a division. Nobody expected you to be good. People said Tampa was going to have a tank year. Instead, they won the division, get a home playoff game. They're playing free with Baker Mayfield. The Packers, Jordan Love's been arguably the best quarterback in football for the past 10 weeks. And the Houston Texans have one of the best rookie quarterbacks ever in C.J. Stroud, who just won what was effectively a playoff game on the road in Indianapolis. I'm not going to doubt him. You saw the Packers up close and personal, Cap. Be careful now. Just be careful. They're good, man. They're very, very good. I just don't think they're going into Dallas and winning. Could they play them tough? Absolutely. But I do not think they're winning it. I don't. uh, Shay, what's the latest number? Is it eight Packers Dallas? Uh, Seven and a half is the latest I've seen. Okay. All right. Just keep our eyes on that now. Game on. Okay. All right. What's the next category? We got uh, dead team walking, pretenders, frisky, scary, and? The next category is legitimately dangerous. Like, these are the teams, if these teams can get through Wild Card Weekend, I think all three have a chance to lose in Wild Card Weekend, and all three could win. And if they do win, watch out, because they could go on a run. It's the Cleveland Browns, it's the L.A. Rams, and it's the Detroit Lions. Cleveland Browns, L.A. Rams, Detroit Detroit Lions. Lions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see Cleveland going on a run. That defense is fierce. Really good. Really good. They have they have the NFL version of Michigan's defense. Where you're they're just insane. They're gonna lock you down and grind you out. So with that defense for the Browns, I'll ask, what does Flacco have to do besides not turn it over for that offense to be sustainable in a legit dangerous scenario? I think that's it. Just not turn it over. Like, I know you asked for me to say something other than that, but I don't think he has to throw for 300 yards. I don't think he has to throw four touchdowns. Honestly, he can. He's seemingly turned the clock back to 2012. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he has to do those things. The way this defense plays, they, they will travel. I don't care that they have to go on the road. They have one of the best defensive coordinators in football in Jim Schwartz. I think if they can survive Houston this weekend, they become extremely dangerous. Yeah, if they can survive Houston, you make a valid point. Valid point. But I don't know if they survive in Houston. All right. uh, Tier number five, Shay. Tier number five is the legitimate Super Bowl contenders. It is two teams, the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. Baltimore Ravens, that's it. That's the legitimate Super Bowl contenders tier. There is one more tier. 
But the legit contenders are the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens. I think this is a collision course for the AFC Championship game uh-huh. at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. And it is going to be a thriller. I think there's a Josh Allen biased crowd there that we have here in studio. Yeah, um, no, nothing Wyoming fans sitting here right now. <laughs> Hanging out, sipping some tea. That's our guy, Jay Moore. He's a loyal guy. Uh, I just say more applause for Josh Allen in Buffalo. Boy, the narratives on some of these teams, Shay. What, how, what did we say about the Rams in September and October? Same thing with Buffalo. Look how they've turned their season around. It's amazing. The Bills social media team collected all of the receipts. I, I saw uh, Stephen A. was in the video. Everybody from First Take. They had people from Fox Sports. Nick Wright was there. They had Shannon Sharp talking about the Bills. They kept all of the receipts from October when people said this team is dead. I think Nick Wright's claim was uh, they're just just—they're not a supernova. They're a falling star. The Bills took all that, posted it on social media. Oh, my God. Congrats like on the another AFC's title. When you don't believe, you're on the list. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. All but right. We Now we got one more tier. Us, you're against us. You got one more tier to go, Shay. Shay. One more tier and one more team. If you don't win at all, it's an abject failure. That is the name of this tier. It's the San Francisco 49ers. If they don't get it done this year, it is an abject failure. They have the best roster. They should be the best team, but they got flattened at home by Baltimore. If they can't get it done, finally, after all these attempts, the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, last year going to the NFC title game where things got a little out of control with the Brock Purdy injury, this is the year to get it done. And if they don't, it's a failure. Yeah, uh, I that's would, fair. I would put Baltimore in the same list uh, if it was me. Baltimore and San Francisco. Those would be the two. I Initially, I had Baltimore in the abject failure tier. But I think because, and this might not be fair, Cap, you can tell me if I'm being unfair. Because of the preseason narratives, and a lot of people who said it was a mistake to pay Lamar Jackson, they could finish, I said it, they could finish last place in that division the John Harbaugh, the steam had run out. Because preseason, nobody expected this. I think if you're a fan, you will be happy with however the season ends. The Niners were always viewed as a juggernaut. If you're a Niners fan and they don't win the Super Bowl, I think you should be pissed. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But it's the same with Baltimore. Fair. You can't steamroll through the rest of the regular season and then not win it. And everybody will go, oh. If they lose in the divisional round again and Lamar lays another playoff egg, I have mm-hmm. no problem calling it a failure. If they lose a thriller at home to Buffalo, he got beat. It happens. In the in the AFC title game, if they go to the Super Bowl and lose, I think it's a wild success in a season where people thought they could finish last in their division. You're the same guy that was Sean McDermott. If he doesn't get there, he might get fired. Blah, 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 blah. No. Baltimore steamrolled everybody. They were, oh boy, they trucked Dallas. They trucked this one. They trucked that one. No, if they're not at least playing in the Super Bowl, that is a failure. Okay, I can accept that. that, That's fair. I mean, look, who was first on Baltimore on this show? Shane Orling. And and it's been eight to ten weeks of them steamrolling over the competition. Yes, this would be their best opportunity to win the Super Bowl because of the momentum. If they fall short early, 
that would be in the abject failure category. I would agree with the 49ers. Yeah. All right. It is a Waddle Wednesday on Captain J. Hood. We're going to hear from Tommy coming up. Yes, we are. The great Tom Waddle. When we get knowledge from Tommy, we're all smarter. We call him the anti-Mike Lombardi. We will talk with Tommy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Next. Cap and Jay Hood are back. We're putting the band back together. The nerve center of a great rhythm and blues band. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Tom Waddle. Tom Waddle. Former wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Guy's amazing. 1989 All Madden team and afternoon co-host on ESPN Chicago. I think he's going to start at least eight games in the National Football League next year for a team that's going to give him a chance. It's Waddle Wednesday with Tom Waddle. Listen, I got a pedicure in an hour. When I get back here, the wheels better be spinning, all right? On Kevin G. Hood, ESPN Chicago. It is a Waddle Wednesday. Captain Jay Hood rolling on on ESPN 1000. Buddy and I love Waddle Wednesdays. Tommy, good morning. How are you? That wasn't good. I was going to. I was going to be the one that delivered the line. Jonathan, how are you? <laughs> good morning, Tommy. How are you? <laughs> He's the best at it. Go ahead. What's your thoughts? Let's get over with. Uh, you sound like you're playing hurt today. You all right? I feel great. Okay. Are you kidding me? I feel great. All um, right. I, I'd like to ask you regarding the quarterback, because, again, everyone's asking Cap, you, everyone else around the station, what's going on at House Hall? We have no idea with the doors closed, what's going on there. So, Tommy, so when it comes to the quarterback position, Fields being the known or the first-round draft pick being the unknown, what's best for the Bears in the short term? In the short term, um, well, I, I, I think there's risk with both. I, I mean, Jonathan, if you use the number one overall pick, there is some uncertainty there. But who's to say that whoever that guy is can't perform the way that C.J. Stroud did, right? And I don't know everyone says, well, look what happened with Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers. And I would say, well, look what happened with the Houston Texans and C.J. Stroud. They won 10 games and won the AFC South. So, I mean, is it unlikely? Are there more instances where a rookie quarterback struggles than there are where a rookie quarterback comes in and excels? I'm sure there is. It's just it's not impossible. Um, There's risk attached to whatever route you take with a quarterback because if, in fact, you decide that you're going to pivot and move on from Justin and go in that route, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, whoever it is, there is a risk that that guy won't develop into somebody that was worthy of the first overall pick. I get that. But if you move forward with Justin and forego that opportunity, there's also risk that whoever you bring in to help bring him along, they don't unlock whatever it is that you hope to unlock, and the improvement that you're expecting never quite gets to where it needs to be. And if, in fact, guys, you pass on the number one pick and you pivot and you go with Justin, you're not looking for incremental improvement. Like, that's not acceptable. Like, if, you, if, if you're going to stay with Justin and move forward with him and, and, like I said, forego the opportunity to draft number one overall, it's because you believe that not only can he get a little bit better or he can be unlocked with somebody else, it's because you think that he can take you to the top of the mountain. Otherwise, you don't forego that opportunity. So there's risk involved. What if he doesn't make that progress and you've passed on it and whoever that quarterback is turns out to, to play well in his first year with whatever team picks him? So, you know, there is, there's risk involved with both of them. I, I just think 
You know, first of all, I feel like well, I forget what movie it was. Maybe it w- was it Wedding Crashers, where Will Ferrell's like, "What is she? What, what, what are they doing up there? What are they doing up at House yeah, Hall?" Yeah, the best. Like, I mean, <laughs> what is I she doing know. back there? Think about this, too, guys. Like, here's your here's your dilemma up there. If you keep Matt Eberflus, he needs to hire a new a defensive coordinator, and and we all agree, right? A new offensive coordinator. As I've told you guys a thousand times, I don't believe Luke Getzey's football Satan. But it hasn't worked. So it's very unlikely, wouldn't you guys say, that they're going to move forward with, with Luke if Matt comes back? Is that fair? Yes? Yes. Okay, so if that's the case, now you're entrusting the guy that you hired two years ago to go out and get it right this time with his offensive and his defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I think Matt's done some nice things. This isn't, about, this isn't personal, and this isn't about me just you know dog-cussing him. There are some things about what Matt did in the second half of this season that I think are, are admirable. But the offensive coordinator that you do hire, guys, is going to be entrusted with what I just described. Okay? So he's either going to be entrusted with developing the first overall pick or unlocking the potential of Justin, not just a little, but a lot, to get you where you want to go. And I'm just saying that that sounds like a job for, for someone else. Yes. It sounds like a job for, for someone that, that has been there and done that in certain ways. Like, you know how I feel about Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I'm an apologist, you know, as well as a supporter for Jim. I, I, and, and, and I'm joking, but his resume speaks for itself. He's won wherever he's gone. Like, I've, having been in the huddle with him for four years as well, I know how he commands a huddle. I know how he would handle a football team. And the proof is in the pudding. And I think you look at the coaching situation, guys, the same way you look at the quarterback situation, don't you? Like, the reason why we're having this discussion about moving forward or moving, you know, with Justin or without Justin is because you have the first overall pick. Correct. If you were picking at 15, 15 different discussions. Yeah. Right. And isn't it yeah. the same way with the coaches, guys? Well, I, Because, I said, like, if it captures real quick, Jim's available. Right. Right? I mean, like... Matt hasn't done what D'Amico Ryans did with Houston. He didn't win the division in his first year. But, and I didn't expect him because it was a teardown. But my point is, is if you're going to segue or move away from Justin because you think somebody gives you a better chance at that position, why wouldn't you use the same logic at the coaching position when there is somebody available? I don't know if Jim wants to come here or not, but you damn sure I'd be calling him. And again, it's, I'm not trying to dog cuss Matt Eberflus because he has done some nice things. But if you're willing to move off of Justin because you think Caleb Williams or Drake May is better, how in the world can't you use the same logic with a coach? Okay, so Hoodie and I have been talking about this. Mike Vrabel hit the streets yesterday. No compensation required. You want to hire him? Pay him. And there will be already teams that are supposedly interested in talking to him. Mike Vrabel's a hell of a football coach. Yes. And if there is baggage that comes with Jim Harbaugh that the Bears don't want to entertain, that's their call. But why would you not immediately be on the phone last night because he is clearly a more accomplished accomplished and a clear upgrade over what you have? I would. I I mean, I I would. Listen, do you want to upgrade... Jonathan, you want to upgrade from Braxton Jones at left tackle? Yes, I would. I do. Do you want to upgrade from Luke Patrick at center? I do. No question. No question. Why wouldn't I want to upgrade at the coaching position if I had access to it? Correct. And if I'm changing co- uh, quarterbacks, I certainly don't want a scenario where they come out and go, 
okay, Matt is back. We're getting a new OC. I don't care who the OC is. And we're going to look at all the quarterbacks. Justin's still here. We'll make that a value. And then they roll out Caleb Williams, and next year it doesn't go quite as well as you had hoped. Are you extending Eberflus? He's got only two years left on his deal now. I, I, I think, guys, that they have a real opportunity here because I do believe that Ryan has done a nice job in the early stages of a rebuild. Agreed. A lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. This, this is a roster I can roll with. You've got to add to it. It's not finished, okay? I, but I like what he has done in a lot of areas. You've got an opportunity because you have all of these assets at your disposal. The first overall pick, the ninth pick of the draft, and an infinite amount of salary cap space. You've got an opportunity to step up into the big boy level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, your cook calls it, we're in the crud, the crud level. Right. There's the worst teams in the, in, in the conference, then there's the middle of the pack, and then there's the three or four that, that Shea's got in his, you know, elite category. Like, you have an opportunity because of your resources and some of the foundation pieces that Ryan has put together to jump into that group. So you, you, I just think you have to be thinking big. Yes, you got to sit down and go, hey, man, this is Chicago. Matt, we appreciate everything. But yeah. guess what? We're swinging for the freaking fences. Again, We're getting a new quarterback, a new coach. And the, reason why, and, and the reason why that is, Tommy, is because this is a time of transition. Yes. And how do I know that is because of the way the Bears tanked last year. And then yeah. you got to seven wins this year. If it's good enough for the Cubs with Madden, if it's good enough for the White Sox with Ozzy, if it's good yeah. enough for the Blackhawks with Quinville, why can't that be Jim Harbaugh, Mike Vrabel, Dan Quinn, whoever you covet? To be the next level yeah. guy. And Matt's a nice, I'm sure, a nice man, and he was able to pull the nose up on the plane yeah. uh, of this of this defense. But again, it's time to be able to look at something new and fresh because this offseason is crucial. They all are, but this one in particular, when you have the number one pick and you have a coach that's good but not great, you have an opportunity to really change the face of the franchise. All yes. right, more with Tom Waddle on the Cap and Jay Hood show. If you have a question for Tommy, why don't you uh, shoot us a tweet at XJHood or at the Catman? We'll get to those next. Welcome back to Cap and J Hood. You're officially locked in. Put your hands up in the sky. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Rolling on with the great Tom Waddle on the Cap and J Hood show. So, Tommy, let's talk about. We, we, we wonder what's going on up there. What are they doing up yeah, there? What are they doing are they up do- there? <laughs> we got to get that. Jay Moore's got to find that from uh, uh, old school. I never Ryan! know what they're doing. The no, wedding doing. crashers. It's wedding crashers, right? Yeah, yeah wedding yeah. crashers. Because he's yeah. over at Chaz's house. Yeah, because, what are you know, we doing back there? Vince Vaughn has kind of gone out on his own, right. and then Owen Wilson's left to himself, so he goes to Chaz's house. And that whole experience. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. That's uh, Will Ferrell. I, I, I enjoy a good Will Ferrell. Oh. There's no other kind. So yeah, I good. Agree. I agree. So what is the leaving quarterback to the side? In your opinion, the most important thing the Bears have to fix is that. Is it more depth on the defensive line plus an edge rusher? Is it a better center? Is it a new left tackle? Is it a standout receiver like Marvin Harrison Jr., Rome Adunze, or one of these dudes, Malik Neighbors? Who, what is it? Well, I, look, I think with a team that's on the rise and isn't there yet, it's not any one thing. I, I mean, I think you have to secure your offensive line, whether it's for Justin or it's for the first overall pick in the draft. 
you do. I think you need a center. I think, like, look, I think Braxton Jones is a solid player, but if you could find a left tackle that you feel as strongly about going forward as you do about your right tackle, I think that would be a move that you would be very interested in. And then Braxton can be a swing tackle. Uh, you need a three technique. You need another pass rusher. Um, I, look, I'm all for Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and, and the kid from Washington or the kid from LSU. I do know, though, that the Green Bay Packers kicked us in the nuts on Sunday yeah. with a group of guys that I don't think you know any where they came from and where they were drafted. So, Correct. Uh, you never heard of Bo Melton? Yeah, there's a couple of ways to skin a cat, as they say, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. you can do it the way that Houston did it. You know who's running out there running routes for them? It's Dalton Schultz. It's Nico Collins. It was Tank Dell before he got hurt. Uh, it was the kid from the Dallas Cowboys that got released, Noah Brown, I think. That worked out pretty well, right? And what happened up it? So, I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, if, you're, if you don't come out of the draft with Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think is a fabulous player, all is not lost. Agreed. You can find guys. Yeah. So, Tommy, before we turn the page on, on the season, because we haven't talked to you about the last game the Bears played against Green Bay, so what disappointed you more, the offense not getting into the end zone again or the defense, the defense that had played well but got gashed a ton Sunday? Jonathan, I, I watched the film again yesterday. I watched it twice. Um, that's not me. Just that's not, that's not flex. That's just like I'm a nerd yeah. and I didn't have anything to do the last couple of days, so I watched the film a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, for me, it was a defense. There was no pass rush. I think not having Jalen Johnson out there hurt them, and I know that sounds kind of cliche as well. Your top cornerback's out there. Of course, that's why. No, I think he's kind of like he's nasty, and he brings attitude to that huddle. He plays a position physically and with a swagger that I think that that, that young secondary kind of, you know, it, they benefit from that. I don't think he – his not being there I think hurt them, but there was no pass rush. And, and the Packers basically did what they wanted to do. Uh, uh, which uh, Jones ran for 111 Aaron yards. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. They yep. threw it for 300. Yeah, like they just did. They looked like they looked like a, a a playoff caliber team, and we looked like a bottom half of the league team. And it just the other thing too was the offensive line. Like I watched. I know that. Look, I, I'm aware of all of the stats. Like their last three road games, they've scored one touchdown, and that was a one yard drive in Cleveland. I get all of that. It's not acceptable. It's not good enough across the board. Coordinator, quarterback, everyone else. I was most uh, unhappy, Jonathan, with the offensive line. I thought Justin was fine against Green Bay. There were a couple instances where I wish he would have cut one loose up the sideline to Valus Jones. That doesn't sound right. Like, why would you ever cut the ball loose to Valus Jones? But if he's out there, you got to <laughs> yeah. take a shot. I mean, there were a couple of plays that leave you a little bit unsettled, but for the most part, I thought Justin was just fine. He wasn't the reason why, offensively, they only kicked three field goals. That offensive line did nobody any favors, didn't do Justin any favors, didn't do the running game any favors. I thought it was one of their more difficult games. So I think just in total, you know, like, I still believe the first loss of the season was the worst, despite all of the collapses. Because it set the tone for the year. They came to our building when we were supposed and to be. And beat our ass. Beat our ass, like, in all aspects of the game. And then, you know, they put a bow tie on the season by doing kind of the same thing. Don't look. I don't look at the score, 17-9, to 9, to come to a conclusion that this was a one-score game and this was close. This game, to me, felt like as lopsided as the first game. If you watch it and you, and you went through it kind of in a measured and unbiased way, 
It wasn't. It wasn't a good performance. So it wasn't a good way to end the season. But I think, guys, honestly, I think it was a, a blessing in disguise in some ways. And I know that, that hurts to say because nobody wants to lose to your rival again. But I think it was a reminder, despite feeling good about some of the progress and the seven wins that you had coming into that game, I think it was a reminder that we're not where we need to be. And hopefully, you know, you go into the off season, and this will inspire you to endure the change that is necessary to try and make it into that group of more elite teams. All so. right, we got to roll. We appreciate Waddle Wednesdays because we All love right, you. All right, fellas. Uh, one fast question, Hoodie, and I want the answer to. Okay. Quickly, what is your prediction? What happens when the Bears speak? I think you're going to get Matt. This is my prediction. Matty Refluce is coming back, and they're going to completely overhaul their offensive coaching staff. In some spots, their, their offensive line coach is, is good. I, I would think you maybe keep him, but they'll. I think Luke Getzey's going to probably be the guy that gets shown the door and be, I mean, scapegoat. Is that the f- phrase you want to use? But that, to me, is if I'm, I'm making a prediction, but I, I don't know what they're doing up there. I don't know why this is taking so long. My hope, though, guys, is real quick. I know you got to go. Think big. Think big. Mike Vrabel. Think Let's big. Go. Think big. You've got an yes. opportunity. Think big. Yes. Yes. Tommy, have a great day. Right. See you guys. Hey, is we this our you. last time? No. Is this our last time? Or are we, no. we doing this again next Wednesday? Next Wednesday. All right. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this all throughout the summer, too, so just be ready. Okay. We, like, we like Waddle Wednesday. I'm a lot of baseball nester. talk with Waddle this I, summer. Listen, go Reds. <laughs> go, go where? That's, well, you know what I just saw? <laughs> I can see the box score now. Imanaga, the pitch. Got him looking. Come shut the Reds out and take the season series and expand their lead in the Central. You got to sign him first, Joker. Hey, Joker, he's already committed. <laughs> he's already committed. He picked us. Take this that. one belongs to the Reds. They, is he still doing games, Jonathan? No, yes, he's he retired. Stop. But I had no. coffee with him in Oak Brook, and yeah. I said, this one belongs to the Cubs. He told me to go no, after myself. Yeah you, don't, yeah, you don't do it the way Jonathan does it. Only Jonathan. That's exactly right. Cow, Cowboy's still there, though. Cowboy's still doing <laughs> doing the radio. Still with us. Yes, absolutely. All yes. right, fellas. All right. Be good. See you. Uh, we have got a whole lot more to discuss. Jesse Rogers at 935 on the Cubs. Mm-hmm. But we're getting back into football talk in exactly two minutes.